and thanks for tuning in to the Left of Greg podcast. I am Brian Marin, the host and creator of the show. As always, I will be joined by human behavior expert, Mr. Greg Williams, who the show is affectionately named after. Here in the Left of Greg show, our goal is to increase your advanced critical thinking skills through a better understanding of what we call human behavior, pattern recognition, and analysis. If you'd like to find out more about what that is, you can check out our website at arcadiacognorati.com or by following us on Facebook at HBPRA or on Twitter at A underscore Cognorati. You can also check out the videos of the podcast on the Left of Greg YouTube channel where we also post some short clips on some of the concepts that we talk about during the show. The links to everywhere I just mentioned are in the episode details, so go ahead and check them out while you're listening along. If you have any questions or would like us to cover a specific topic, please reach out to us at leftofgreg at gmail.com. On today's episode, we are discussing the case of police officer Stephen Mater, who was fired from the Weirton, West Virginia Police Department for not shooting an armed suspect. During the show, Greg and I will attempt to answer the question, how can two police officers with the same training, given the same set of circumstances, arrive at two completely different conclusions? Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, let me get started. I am ready. All right. My head, so. my head's killing me, but it'll be ready tomorrow once I get this situation that, yeah. rectified, man. All right. So today we'll be covering uh, the Stephen Mater case. Um, so big one here. Uh, we've talked about this before um, it, at length. I've written about this one before, and then we actually had some of the one of the listeners um, wrote in and said, "Hey, what do you think about this case?" Because I think it was back up when he finally got his settlement or whatever. But Basically, the facts of the case, uh, back in 2016, May 6, 2016, Stephen Mater, he was an officer, uh, still probationary officer with the Weirton Police Department, West Virginia, small town, small uh, department. I think they had about 35 or 38 officer officers. So he responds to a domestic dispute call, middle of the night, it's about 2.30, 2.45 in the morning, somewhere right in there. Uh, gets on the scene uh, and describe what he encounters, what he described later on as a visibly distraught man, a guy by the name of Ronald Williams. So Ronald Williams, domestic dispute, his girlfriend or wife, I can't remember, uh, she called 911 saying, hey, he's got a gun, he's got this. Uh, so Mater gets up, gets out of his patrol car. Um, he sees Williams, has his hands behind his back. He says, show me your hands. Williams says, no, I don't want to. And then he said, show me your effing hands, which Williams then said, why you got to cuss at me, which these, these are the kind of conversations that happen, right? So uh, Mater drew his weapon, uh, took cover behind his car, you know, said, put the gun down because he saw that he had a gun. Said, Williams said, I can't do that. And Mater's response was, I don't want to shoot you, brother. Put the gun down. Williams responded, please just shoot me. Uh, so they kind of, Mater described as, as Williams being, you know, choked up. He had a he had a pistol that he had at his side at the time. At this point, was still only pointing down at the ground. Um, said, just shoot me again. You know, Mater, again, later described, hey, I didn't see him as a threat. And so he didn't. Uh, he described him as he's avoiding eye contact, looking around to see if anyone was, was watching, and he wasn't being belligerent. He was only repeating a single sentence saying, shoot me. So this is going on, right? And, and Mater's trying to process this scene. And during that, obviously, there's two other officers respond to the dispatch call because Mater, when he, saw, uh, when he arrived on scene, said, yeah, hey, he's got a gun. So they go uh, to back him up, uh, give him support. And then he's kind of talking to uh, Mater, still talking to Williams. 
two other officers get out, when they get out and start to approach, uh, that is when in a relatively short amount of time, he, uh, Williams eventually raised the gun. So he actually pointed it up at different officers, was waving it around. Uh, one of the officers then determined, you know, Hey, he was then shot and, and subsequently killed Williams. Right. So shot several times, a couple of them missed one of them hit him in the head and he was killed there on the scene. So that's basically what happened during the situation. Now, what then occurred afterwards uh, was Mater was fired. Um, he was fired from the department for what they say, failing to meet probationary standards of an officer and apparent difficulties in critical incident reasoning. So basically the department fired him for not shooting. Uh, they felt that this was a justifiable shooting that or that uh, lethal force was, was authorized given the circumstances, and that's what Mater should have done. It shouldn't have been the responding officers. He should have been the one right away to do that. So all kinds of different stuff happened here. Obviously, he was fired. Mater then said, hey, wait a minute, this is wrong. Ended up suing the department. They settled uh, with their insurance company for like $175,000, so he would dismiss the lawsuit. So that's kind of the, that's the case in, in a nutshell, right? That's a small portion of, of what we're talking about. So my, I guess, overarching question, Craig, to you, because everyone wants to go down a rabbit hole on how they want to shoot it. They want to bring in the suspects' uh, uh, race or color of their skin. Uh, people want to bring in all these different factors. But my question is, how, do, how does this happen? How does it where one officer can be there uh, and his, his version of the events or his processing of the scene is, this guy's not a threat. He simply wants me to shoot him. This is an apparent what's termed uh, suicide by cop, which is kind of a term that's thrown around, but it's been around for a long time. Um, how does he have that process? Then two other officers showing up with similar training, similar background, similar experience, uh, then take it as differently as, oh, no, this is a threat to myself. This guy's trying to kill me. I need to kill him before he kills me. So does that... Yeah, first of all, your, your wrap of the case, the case in chief was fantastic. I, I would just say that for our discussion, Brian, I would add a couple of points to that. Mm -hmm. uh, one point is that the officers were justified. Yes. Uh, a board, yeah, okay. a panel came in and, and said, hey, listen, you know, they were, they were so, authorized by department policy and by law, and they were cleared of the shooting. Yes. And the second thing is that Mr. Williams' gun was empty. But I but would listen, say that doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. But, but it in does. The, in the case... <laughs> Right. In the case, it's huge right. because when you're talking about a veteran coppers, yes. yeah. now you have to go back and you have to look at the totality of circumstances, Brian. So I just don't want that to get forgotten no, no, that, no, that's, in, in that's, our bigger discussion. That that, that's, that, that's, yeah. So basically through, and, and people don't have to like this or whatever, but nope. their departmental policy and legally those, the officer that killed him was known as a justified Well within shooter. his rights. Well within Absolutely. his rights. Based on the totality of the circumstances that he observed, there's, he showed up and a guy points a gun at him. Okay, you, you are legally allowed to kill that person, right? So right. That, that meets the, the criteria of where deadly force is authorized. So Right, and so from a de-escalation perspective, you and I would applaud anybody that did less than kill that person. Right. Even though it's authorized, I mean, we're all humans here. Nobody ever wants to have to take that you know, step and kill another human uh, being, but, but it does occur in our society. So, so you're right. I just want to make sure for those pundits out there, yep. you know, there, there's a, uh, Brian, we get a lot of questions. We get a lot of people in writing and generally they're very good. We don't have to deal with a lot of the, yeah. the, 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 
yeah, whatever. You know, Trog's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say People a term have that no idea what they're talking yeah. about. And, and, say, but yeah. they're, they're vocal, right? Yeah. So here's a case that's interesting. To me, you brought up something very interesting. I didn't know until you told me about it that there was a color difference between the officer and the. And I didn't, I didn't until recently, until actually yeah. the article that the listener sent me when I went, oh my God, I didn't know this because they made it a thing. I had no they idea. They made it a thing, right? Yeah. Because the original article, I think it was back yeah. in 2016. Yes. Uh, remember back then we commented on it. Uh, uh, we never knew. We no. never knew because it was a breaking story and it was talking about this guy and yeah. we covered it back then, Brian, because yeah. the, 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 uh, uh, officer that didn't shoot was an Afghan vet. He was a veteran, yeah, a, Marine a Marine veteran yeah. from Afghanistan. So, uh, one, I'll throw this in. My dad's all st old, old Marine saying was do something, even if it's wrong. And he would point at you and yeah. he wanted the feet moving, the ass in motion. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Hands going. So Marines know that. And, and, and uh, I also want to go back to the, the, the central point of your question, which is amazing, the, the way that you set that out there, is how can all of these officers see the same thing and respond differently? Mm -hmm. So first, let's set the stage for what is a field training program. So you've got to take a look and take five, you know, three minutes, let's say, and just discuss what that is. So uh, uh, the United States says, hey, there's got to be a code for coppers. And one of the things you said is that this was a very small agency. Actually, there's many more small agencies than there, there are, are large, large agencies. Yes, absolutely. And, and so having almost 40 coppers, that's a pretty big agency. Right. Because, uh, you know, uh, where, you, where you're from now, if you go out into the mountains uh, away from San Diego or away from Carlsbad, you're going to come upon, upon yep. some small agencies. Yep. Uh, uh, me in Colorado, I know that if yep. I, you know, go down to Lake City, uh, there's three. You get yeah. what I'm trying to say? And, and they don't have 24-hour coverage. So that's an important consideration as well. So here you've got hiring standards. I'm not going to go into the protocol that went into hiring, but there's a certain uh, class uh, classification that they're looking for, either a high school grad or a GED or a college grad. They want military service or they don't, prior police service or whatever. And you know how that is when you apply for a job. There's, yeah, it just depends this, on what that needs of that agency and the, the legal statutes, the certifications that go into exactly. it. Yeah. Because, because yeah. some, like, like uh, in, in the instance of West Virginia and some other places, they have uh, uh, Michigan had Michigan Law Enforcement Officers Training Council. Uh, California has the Police Officer oh, yeah. Standards and Training, the yeah. post board, they call it, right? So, but everybody agrees that coppers need some training not just legal stuff either. And even if they have college, even if they were a cop in a different agency, they have to go through a field training program. So they get a veteran officer and that veteran officer has what's called a DOR, a daily observation report. And you know this, Brian, we use DORs during our T3, our internal service academy. Mm -hmm. And what you do is you train and then you observe. And the observation is, I have now taught you how to do this skill. I've observed you doing this skill with me. Now I've observed you doing the skill alone. And there's five, but, but, but basically everybody gets the, the understanding. Here's how to use a hammer and a nail. Watch me. Don't touch anything. Yeah. Then the next thing is, hey, listen, hand me that hammer and watch yeah. how I work the hammer and the nail. Then the next thing is, why don't you try on this smaller hammer, right? So you build up those skills over time. Now, um, San Jose started the San Jose model from the 60s. California has been the leader for that kind of stuff. Houston took over, uh, which spun out into another uh, uh, a couple of cities that did it. And then the Whitehead model came out. And all of them agree on certain things. Here are the principles that you have to train with. Here's a rating scale. And it's all going to be pass-fail, no matter what your rating is. For example, people find that hard to believe, Brian. How can I, I, I score out on everything? How can I get a seven exceptional on my DOR and still pass or fail? 
Oh, we had a we had a copper that uh, Shelley was called the kiss of death as FTOs as an FTO and then later an FTO supervisor, if you went to Shelly, that means you were off, you were leaving the field training program uh, uh, because you, you had done so many bad things and Shelly would try to resurrect it with the intensive training. And then she would come and, and say, listen, this person can make it or, or not make it on their own. And that's the real judge is, is you don't want to get sued. You don't want the person killing somebody or being killed. Well, the idea was that we had this, this officer that every time that they went to a secure location, a lockbox and had to put their gun away, they'd go back out on the road without their gun. Well, then the next thing was, you know, uh, I, I'm now involved in a caper and I don't have my gun and I'm calling for help. So who do the, who do the cops call, Brian, when, yeah. when somebody calls 911, right? So this person did it so, so many times over and over that they had to be fired. They, they could no longer uh, be trusted and trusted with this, this job or this weapon. Well, here we have a situation that you would get a seven because the person saved a choking baby, let's say, on Tuesday and, and you know, pulled a kitten out of a fire on Wednesday. But, you know, overall in the, the number of weeks, and it's a 365-day program with, with different weeks that go in at different intensity levels, this person failed in the overall uh, performance of their duties. So now you got a, a copper, a newer copper that's still in the FTO, that shows up on a scene of a man with a gun. He doesn't have a cover car yet, so you and I could get into the discussion of training changes behaviors. Well, I would give the gift yeah. of time and distance. Do you get well, what I'm I, Yeah, to and... and I think also too, for, for people who don't know this, who are listening along, all right, you know, give a real quick, what your thoughts are on anytime you have a, 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 you know, domestic dispute call, people don't realize like that. Those are the number one, I think they're going to the situation. Other than heart lead, disease. Uh, those are well, the number one situations that'll going to lead to a cop's death. Because they're, they're very volatile situations. They're highly charged. They're and kinetic. no two are alike. And, okay. and yes, and, and there that, are no winners in a domestic. No, and, right. and you can quickly turn on the police officer where two people are fighting each other, then all of a sudden it's on the right. So, so there's a myriad of things that can go out, but, but those are potentially one, probably very frustrating if you're a police yeah. officer dealing with it, but, but could be extremely dangerous, right? It's not yep. like you're going up to contact a kid who's 17 years old and he's got a case of beer. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. Or, or you made a traffic stop, uh, which are potentially volatile situations. But now you made a traffic stop in broad daylight. There's only one other person in the car yeah. in a crowded place. I, I mean, how do you judge what yeah. you're about to get into? Well, it's here in this situation, just knowing that it was a domestic violence case, due care and caution should have increased. OK. But again, <laughs> we haven't been asked to, to comment on that. So I'll let the viewers decide on, on whether it was right to approach along. But when he approaches alone, he says to everybody that interviewed him, because I remember reading the uh, CNN interview, there was an AP uh, interview, and then the subsequent of, yeah. interview by the, by the coppers that interviewed yeah. him, remember? And he yeah. said, listen, uh, he was threatening to himself, yet he never made an overt threat to himself. The only thing that he said to me uh, that was angry is when I swore, but he wasn't yep. angry with me or at me. No, I felt that I had time to de-escalate. He never pointed the weapon at me. Yeah. Now, if the officers that arrived came in and they came in in a fully marked car with sirens blaring and pulled up with the lights still flashing and jumped out of their vehicle and now they see the rookie officer, I can predict that they would have likely said, you on the porch, freeze. And now the situation yeah. is escalated. Well, they didn't, they didn't and just said, 
because people are going to sharpshoot the facts of the case. They didn't show up lights flashing and sirens on or anything, but but just ju I, I get what you're saying is it the perspective of you showing up not knowing the ground truth. There's a guy standing with a gun and there's an officer trying to give him directions and it's not like that, that. That's right there. You're already going. Oh, this is turning into what? This is turning into a shootout. It, you're, you're already exactly. It, right. You have to remember, meaning the viewers, the listeners. They have to remember that the shots were fired within seconds, seconds. of these two yeah. new officers arriving. Yeah. So I'm not going to speculate how they arrived. I'm right. stating that how they arrived is as critical as what they did when they arrived. Yep. So if you have your weapon out, the which is appropriate when, when a suspect has their weapon out and you're behind cover, that drives the perspective of the person with the gun. I mean, think mm -hmm. about that. It's very much different if a person says, hey, can I speak to you? or a person is aiming their weapon at you and saying, don't move. So yeah. a number of things at play. And the ultimate actor here that's controlling the, the drama, uh, the, the center uh, 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 of this whole cast is the shooter, is, is Mr. Williams, who yes. they think is armed and is going to shoot himself. So stakes are high, but you still have to understand he's made no lethal intent known against the coppers. It's not an ambush. He would have fired already. Okay. He had a copper that was just one copper. So if it was a suicide by cop, now he's got three coppers there. You know, if, if he was going to give up, he would have. So he's the one that's playing along in this drama because he wants to die. Let's say, let's say that's our conclusion, but the other officers, they merely got on the scene and because they're veterans, they took over immediately, yeah. not listening to the rook. And all of a sudden it turns into a shooting. So I would liken this with a disorderly arrest. Disorderly arrests are on the books for those cops that can't come up with anything inventive and they need to get a guy off the street. So it's a contempt of cop arrest. Do you get what I'm trying to say? You piss me off. You got to go for the night because I'm busy. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to hook you and book you. And then I'm going to worry about what the charges are later. So these coppers that show up already know that the guy's armed. It's very likely that Stephen told them, hey, listen, I have an armed person on the porch, not just a domestic. That's probably part of the call. He doesn't say the gun's unloaded because he doesn't know the gun's he unloaded. Know. Yeah. The cops show up, and whether they're behind cover or not matters a lot to me, but now Mr. Williams raises the gun yes. and orients it towards the copper. At that moment, lethal force is authorized. Both coppers fire. Now, what, what we have to worry about is why we didn't see Steve fire. And, and Steve didn't fire because he didn't see a threat that escalated to the point where he had to kill another human being. Now, they throw in Afghanistan. Brian, you're a veteran of Iraq yeah. and Afghanistan and Connecticut. Yeah, a few combat. other places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, but what I'm trying to say is yeah. when you take a look at those objectively, you can't say that he was better or worse prepared I for agree. domestic and in Compton I, or well, Detroit I, or, or, or I, Exactly. And you so let's, let's take that one point of him being a veteran because I could yeah. make – I could make the argument either way that it would actually make him worse, or I can make the argument that it would make him better. Meaning, it, so there would be inconclusive. There would be no exactly. well. They would they would uh, uh, erase each other. The only, yes, and the only thing I could think. What, all right, so I right, so I no no law enforcement experience other than, <laughs> than riding in a few police cars in my life. No, but he's but, kidding. You, no, you, no, you've had a number but, of law enforcement classes, and yeah, you've worked yeah, with. Yeah. Look, I've, I've trained and worked with. Yeah. I've side yeah. by side with law yeah. enforcement all over the world. But but yeah. you know me. But the way I liken it to is this, is when you have uh, a younger guy, a newer guy, and this is, I, I put this to a military experience, like you had guys in Afghanistan getting nervous because there were security guard, Afghan security guards or something with guns. And you're like, hey, man, you know where you're at, right? This is Afghanistan. Everyone's got guns. And you know what? 
so do you. So like if that's, if you're getting nervous over that, you know, uh, we're, we're going to have, you might have to sit out today because you're a little too amped up. That was the exactly. only thing I likened it to is that, is that look, man, like you, you have a gun too. It's okay. We all got guns. It's cool. Like, like don't, that shouldn't immediately make you nervous. Right now. I know that's a little bit different in law enforcement situations too, especially here in the U S but like, I, I don't know. I always likened it to that. So, so my thing was too, you, and you brought up a, a, a good, a couple uh, good points of one, obviously understanding that what they did, what the officers did was legal. And, you know, it was clear they, they felt that they were in danger. They had no idea. So one of the things that brought up and people said, well, the gun was unloaded. It's like, okay, well, I don't know that. And they're like, well, the girl was calling this uh, 911 dispatch was telling her like, Hey, it's unloaded. It's this, that's fine. But, but me showing up to that scene, I can't rely on that. That's, that's, of course you can't. A person you don't a have system, firsthand I, knowledge. I have to assume exactly. that it is loaded and he intends to use it, right? I have to make certain assumptions. So when there's a gun there, I just assume it's loaded. I can't go, well, hey, I don't know. This isn't Hollywood. I'm not going to shoot the leg out. And you know what I mean? There's, there's no, it's, it's not how it works. But, but that alone. And it's not so required I, of a police officer. A police officer is not required to shoot you in the hand or the leg or try to shoot the gun out of your hand. Well, I, I wouldn't Aren't want you escalated to that. <laughs> no, no, certainly. Because yeah. we've seen cops shoot, right? But the same thing with the military, Brian. Yeah. You had a rule of engagement yes. and you had an escalation of force it, metric. If you chose not to use them, you could be in the trick bag. Yes. But were you or were you not in those situations like a 15-6, were you not investigated based on the case in chief and the yeah. facts known to you yes. at the time? So so hearsay evidence is the evidence that somebody's on the phone saying the gun is unloaded. So we don't he, know that that person has firsthand knowledge. Right. So so what is it then? Because we're, we're still, you know, we're still at the scene. This is what, yep. what happened. You know, why? What is it that is it is it just the fact that Mater was there? I mean, and, and that we're, we're we have to speculate a little bit here, right? Yes. Because we weren't there. But, but, but again, as facts, a subject matter yes, expert, yes. only based on the facts, right? Yeah. Right. So so why is it that you know we're he was obviously it seemed to be creating some time, right? He's going to oh, I'm going to talk to this guy because I'm not threatened because it said in the report obviously he drew his weapon he got behind cover so he felt all right well I'm in a decent position to have this talk. Well, why isn't it that someone else doesn't have that same reaction? Yeah. Right? Why doesn't yeah. someone else uh, go, well, all right, let's try and figure out the situation first before I start putting rounds down range, right? Or what, what, what in, was it? In, in that time. Like, I don't even know the place. question to ask. You get what I'm no, saying? No, it's but like, you know, you're right on it, Brian. And, yeah. and, and the thing is, what you gave me is a vanilla uh, a question. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to add some sparkles and we're going to add some chocolate. We're yeah, because it needs to out of it. So if you take a look at a situation, for example, if a person is running from you, could you ever shoot that person in the back if they never turned and oriented a gun at you? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, but your, your, your answer, because you well, haven't been on the road, is no, you can't do that. But Mine there is be, fleeing you absolutely can. exception. No, no. Different. The, the exception here being that now that person is running with the gun into a schoolyard yeah. and has already shot a kid at a different school. So what I'm trying to say is I'm not trying to play devil's advocate or be mm -hmm. slick. I'm trying to say that people have to understand, for example, when deadly fourth is authorized, could you ever use your vehicle as the, 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 the tool of deadly force? Of could course, you ever drive yeah. over a subject and park on their face? Yeah. And the answer is yes. So the, the, the thing is that most people that, that take umbrage with our decision-making don't understand the law. My thing is, I think you had a younger officer that said, listen, I'm under the spotlight here because I'm still a rookie. I know I don't know, know everything, but I know the streets. I I, I know where I grew up. I know 
what I'm feeling, and I'm feeling that this guy, if we take the time to talk to him, is going to de-escalate. But he never had the chance to communicate that to those incoming officers. Right. Now, the second part of that is we know that there's a fact. And the fact is that the longer that the person's talking, the yeah. less that the person's killing. Yeah. And if we can, and for example, in the instance of a hostage negotiation, if I can get you to talk to me, and in suicide mitigation, yep. if I can get you to talk to me, it's likely I might get you to talk out of the situation. If, if, if you haven't done anything where you can't unring that bell, the longer I talk to you, I have a chance of, of perhaps de-escalating. What I like is it was a de-escalation uh, opportunity, okay? And this young cop was showing that, that, that enthusiasm that, hey, listen, I'm behind cover. Maybe this will work. The other cops uh, robbed him of the ability to complete that thought. But at the end of the day, it was Mr. Williams that made the choice. Gosh, is that hard to say to you, Brian, yeah. when, when you ask me for specifics and I got to tell you, hey, I can put myself in the mind of that copper at that time in that place. But and I can I think I can even put my myself in Williams uh, uh, position at that time in that place. Well, but and, it, it was unfortunate that it had to end this way. Right. And I think this is why the, and there's. This is a good case to show kind of both sides of the coin to show to demonstrate how these things work, not just, you know, uh, law enforcement officer involved shootings, but how we process the scene and how policy works and what it means and how it actually gets yes. implemented. Yeah, yeah, the you full said, 360. Because well, yep. you, 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 you said something, you know, quickly, but I want to rehit it. You said, you know, each one of these cases is unique. And we always say that we go, well, no, no, no. That's what makes it so difficult for to to implement certain policies or come up with guidelines or exactly say, hey, right. this is what you're going to do in this situation, because these situations, even though there's a there's a, you know, a core uh, a few things that are going to be in common, um, what happens is is so different and so unique in each of these. And so there was a number of incidents and I, I could I get now I try to put myself in Mater's head. All right. You're, you, you know, you show up here and he's giving him commands. He's not following commands. Okay. Obviously, if you have a suspect who's not following commands, now I go, all right, well, I have to determine this guy is potentially going to be a threat now because he's not listening to me. Right. And right. he has a gun. So he says, show me your hands. No, I don't want to. He says, show me your effing hands. And when the guy goes, why you got to cuss at me? To me, I go, that's my opening right there. This you're, guy. You're spot on. When spot I read on. That, he wants to talk. He, he wants, wants to, to talk, talk to right? Exactly right? Right? Because that wasn't a F you, man. I ain't doing what you're saying. Or you want, it was, hey, man, why are you cussing here we me? go again. I yeah. get it. You, 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 no, no. Exactly. That, exactly. That was like, but that's enough when I was, because I remember years ago reading this and going, whoa, like it stopped me dead in my tracks. Like I goes, but why that's you your profiling me? training yeah. coming through, Brian. That's your empathy training right there saying, hey, look, I need to get a wedge in there. I need to slow time down, right? And I need to get that opening. That's brilliant that he, he came up with that. Well, because he didn't say, I ain't going back to jail. Yep. Right? He didn't say, nope, this ain't happening again or not another one of you. No, he said, shoot, why? Shoot me or I'm walking in and killing the old He's lady. going, hey, There's, man, why? And he didn't fire a shot. Exactly. No, no. And, and and he made it a point. And I know they didn't see this, but it's interesting that he made it a point because uh, through investigation, they found that he removed the so, uh, source of ammunition and cleared the weapon because uh, his wife who called it in saw him do that and made yep. he made sure that there was no rounds in there. And now you can't, you don't know that. I'm just saying it's it's interesting that he did that. He really wanted to make sure that he wasn't going to kill a cop. He didn't want to hurt anybody. He didn't want to hurt anyone. He was in a lot of pain. Yeah. And he wanted that pain to go away. And he thought this was the answer. And he was rethinking it on the porch because he could have accelerated that learning curve on the porch by just raising the gun at the first copper. So he even wasn't sure, right? So, yeah. so Williams is having this internal dialogue. Oh, yes. And guess what? Part of that 
leaked out of his cup. Mm-hmm. And that was the opportunity that this young copper Steven took. Steven said, hey, listen, maybe, maybe I can calm this situation down. And again, while the other coppers that showed up were completely in the right to shoot to kill, did they have to? And, and that's a tough question to ask, that's- too. Because right now that police agency that's going to be listening to this broadcast says, oh, well, you're sharpshooting, you're, you're armchair quarterback. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're not at all. We're saying that there's a range of response continuum. Yes. And de-escalation has to be in the forefront of your mind at all times. Look, I'll tell you, I'm the first one to disagree with stuff that's in the news. Brian, uh, uh, you heard over Thanksgiving that nutcase from the East Coast that's saying like, hey, we should take our tip from Iceland when's the last time Iceland had a homicide? I can't even process well, the information. And it's, Come to Detroit, pal. So Do many me a different. Favor, ride along with me. You know, I'll, I'll show you some stuff. Yeah. But, but what the problem was is the way he phrased that is, hey, this gun training culture. Listen, nobody wants to ever draw their gun. I knew coppers. And, and listen, I have three decades of being a copper. I knew coppers, Brian, that never broke leather unless it was training. They were doing like weapons retention and disarming around the range, never drew the weapon. I knew other coppers that were spilling lead every night. And you know what? It wasn't because they were bad coppers. There's some people that are the quote shit magnet and they're getting into this stuff all the time. And here's a guy at the very beginning of his career, but he's been around and he saw stuff. And now all of a sudden the agency comes up and says, well, you're unfit for duty. So we got to let you go. That's what's crushing to me, Brian, is why the agency felt that they had, this is why I get well, that disorderly arrest. They had to get rid of them, so they picked this obtuse, gosh dang Yeah, they, uh, they, uh, they, 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 oh, that right? they, they, because they said, oh, it was because of this, and then later they had to say, well, it wasn't just because of that incident. There was other things, and oh, yeah. they kind of started to go, and it, you went, once I started reading that, I was like, oh, you guys are stretching here. You're really They sure are. Remember, Brian, yeah. is my memory better at the incident or They're better right. months after the incident yeah. when I'm challenged, right? Yeah. So uh, you agree it doesn't pass the smell test, right? No, but, but that brings us to, I, I think, another was why I said this is a great case to understand both sides of the coin like you so you're telling me um they were both right meaning yes. Mater was right and so was the guy that shot williams you're exactly right the so only you're person going, wrong was mr williams because mr williams well, he, died needlessly he could yes. have had help i think that that an, an alternative was there he just didn't see it at that but, time in that place and i think that's the hardest thing for a lot of people to understand it's like wait a minute Mater was making the right call this other responding officer also made the right call and you're going, whoa, 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 wait a minute. One guy is sitting here trying to talk him down, going, this guy isn't a threat. And the next guy comes in and says, no, he's a threat and needs to die. And they're yes. both right. And I think that just, that's a good, just, I know that's a simple statement, but that's a demonstrating how complicated these situations can get. Precisely. And that's why you have to talk about them, not just read the headlines. You have to, yeah. look, look, there was a caper that happened just within this last week where a person went into the wrong home saw somebody that they thought was in their house yeah. and started shooting at the person. The person in the house thought, oh, my God, it's an armed home invasion and started shooting back. The cops showed up. Thank God nobody was shot, hurt, or killed and said, Ty goes to the runner, go to your neutral corners, no charges. A month ago, we had the Amber Geiger trial. Do you yeah. get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And it ended completely differently. Why? Because juries are made up of people, and sometimes those people don't get all the information, and sometimes they conclude uh, on information that's extraneous or that they bring because of their biases. And here's the situation. Look, the agency's got to do something because somebody's asking questions, 
hey, if that guy needed to die, why didn't the first cop kill him? Yes. And that's how it started, right, Brian? Yes, that's exactly how it started. That's how where it started. They why am I the guy that had to shoot him? He should have killed him right away. You got it. And now the family's going, hey, wait a minute. Williams was out on the porch talking to your cop for for five, seven, three minutes yeah. before he saw the cop, and now all of a sudden he's dead. That's the question that this agency tried to answer by implementing a policy decision, and they never thought the outcome would divide not only their agency, but anybody that, that saw the caper, you know? Well, there was a bunch Those of things that they coppers. did. That, no, go that, ahead. And, that, and that, that, hand, that happens, too. People forget that, and I got to, you know, we, you always remind me, and I, because I, I sometimes say it wrong, but, you know, a lot of this stuff that then comes of it is just, it's just bad work after the fact, right? Bad yes. investigation or bad yep. report writing or bad this. It wasn't even necessarily something, you know, people want to think that there's like these dirty cops conspiring to do something In every corner and, there's one sitting there waiting and right? i bet there's no more whatever the percentage of you know bad or teachers or bad nurses or bad whatever Seven eleven clerks or librarians doctors yep. like that, that that same percentage is across every profession i don't You're care exactly what you do. right so so i i don't like that it's usually just bad work like they did a bad job investigating or or there was uh, uh, this size department they went they can't just go put you know it's not like new york chicago la where they can go put him somewhere where yep. no one knows him and it's basically brand new and keep him on the job they go well everyone's talking we got this and this guy's pissed and what if we don't on? make a statement if we, if don't, we don't, don't do make something. a definitive statement right now we're gonna and they, they screwed up on why they fired him and then they said it had to do with this and then they had to go back on and said well no there was other things in his past he didn't do this and when you read into each one of those stories they brought up you're like mm, you're really yep. stretching here this yep. does not sound like what it what you're making it sound like and, so, and, so let me liken that to something brian something that that our, our viewers, our listeners, while they're running or driving or doing whatever they're doing, has probably heard the, the, the latest in the Starbucks drama, right? So a couple of coppers go in, they get their drink, it says pig on each one of the, the things. Now, to me, you, you know me, I, again, I'm baseline Joe. So it doesn't matter what, what happens and what people see. But the question is now, people came out of the woodwork for that. So here's oh, yeah. a basic investigation. The, the uh, coffee cups have a ticket on them. The ticket says this. Now the coppers go up and say, hey, this one very nice. Uh, you know, we paid for our drinks. We don't need this. And the uh, person behind the counter says, well, I'm going to make it right. What I'll do is I'll print you new certificates that don't say pig. Okay, so now you're going, well, that's not a very balanced answer. Yeah. You know, so, so here's the argument. But then, you know me, I read everything, right? So it's coming in. And I read, and there's some guy from like Albuquerque, New Mexico going, you damn cops, you know, you gave my sister a ticket on the way to the emergency room, so screw you if that's the least you got. Okay, so what that is is somebody coming off the top rail or your weapon system going high and right and not paying attention to this case in the context of other similar cases. You know, judge this case. Don't judge this case and go back to Al Capone. Do you get what I'm trying to say and compare it? Compare it to the law. Compare it to what you saw happen and compare it to the training. What type of training did this officer have? It's a permissive environment. It's not semi-permissive. Yeah. He wasn't uh, being fired upon. Do you get what I'm trying to say? He had the gift of time and distance, but then it was taken away. So, so let's, let's do that rather than you know, try to conflate the story by, by adding other stuff to it, like, like the media is want to do. Yeah. And, well, people are going to tell a story how they want to tell the story. And, yeah, and some, are right. great, some are great at detailing. I've read some on this one, especially that really, really dug deep. And like, guess what? It took me 45 minutes to read through their entire story. 
no one wants to do that unless yep. you're actually looking for the facts. So, yep. so that, but that, that's fine. That, that happens with everything. What, what I think this one is good is, like I said, it, it shows how complicated these, these, um, uh, situations are and then how difficult it is then how do you make a department policy then what, what's you because because everyone wants more oversight now you got to do this and they said well, you know what all these cops you got to start wearing body-worn cameras and then they start yeah, wearing them how and then people, go, people go oh wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute we don't want you wearing those anymore that's against our civil liberties and it's like well wait a minute like what but, but so how what I'm, would I'm, a camera in this situation well, and, have and, changed the outcome you see what i'm trying I, to say i, I, was just using I totally agree with you no no and it's a so, great example brian but what, what you're saying is no matter what the decision is there's yeah. going to be some faction yeah. of society that has a reasonable yeah. argument that it's ludicrous right which is fine like that like i said there's a lot of noise and there's people it's the same thing with where people got all upset and are posting like you know boycott starbucks they're the worst and it's like dude you had one jackass of this major company that like Precisely. So what should you do should you write a new departmental policy and have a training day for it or should you discipline that one dude right, right exactly they ended up firing him so they they did get rid of him and you know all these other people stepped in and started sending that department like coffee and coffee makers and all that stuff and said hey that's, you don't ever have to yeah, that's actually funny well that's the thing is like people like for every negative oh look at what they're doing it's like well if there's also a lot of people out there who really really support that and you know i don't want to get into that on this i just want to yeah but you know what i want to get into what agency is that that they can afford a five dollar cup of coffee (laughs) you and me i see that you got some new artwork in the back brian you know and those walls are darker so that's either the time of day or you painted and and i'm pretty proud of you right now (laughs) that box is looking better and better so i was able to afford that 25 dollar painting back there that was during a a little mezcal tasting in el paso texas at the hop there we go anyone listening down there i love that place but anyway uh they're the showing the complexity of it and then because then everyone wants to go well we need better training we need different guidelines or i'll agree to that and though we we need to know how to do that but you know what is it that that comes to because a lot of guys go well you got to have some people would say well you got to have it takes time and experience and you're like well actually this guy was young he was still probationary and he read the situation for what it was so it maybe yeah, maybe it's so, not so, that experience or what, what is it that you're, that you're, you're getting you're, into a lot of i'm just saying it's so complicated to make a policy a guideline to follow that no you no no you're it. you've got the greatest intentions and your question's wonderful and your instincts are great on this brian let me tell you what it was like being a cop on the road before the fto program you got a badge you got a gun they said you got two fists go out there and serve justice okay now there's a lot of these smaller agencies that still have those people out there in a capacity of a chief or, or, or maybe a supervisor. And there are some cops that, that still dispense the boots of truth and justice. So training is a great equalizer when it comes to thinking outside the box, which I know is going to get you ready to go. <laughs> but what I mean of thinking One outside of my hated, the box most hated terms. <laughs> yes, is thinking outside the bat belt. You put people in uniform. What does uniform imply? Uniform means everybody's the same. But then you send them out to dispense justice on the street where nothing's the same. And the only thing that's real is science. And so I say that this agency needs interpersonal communication training because you had the senior vet that came in and let everything else stop. So I'm the senior vet. Now I'm in charge of the caper. Well, maybe yeah. the timing wasn't right on this. Just because you're authorized to kill people doesn't mean you need to kill somebody. So that's my point, Brian, is training truly changes behavior. And we've got to get out of that uniform mindset. Well, and well, that, that goes into, because that, that used to be my favorite line when someone would show up and, hey, what's going on? I'm like, hey, sir, uh, 
thanks for haloing into the middle of my operation here, but yep. I've got it covered. Why don't you yep. sit back there? You just showed up unseen. Stand by. You know what I mean? And some but, people. But exactly. <laughs> you're, you've just answered the question that nobody asks. Yeah. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So put your hand down and I, I'll take it from here. But listen, Brian, I'll first of all, you address the outside the box because I know that, that you hate that. But do you get do. at least my point on the yeah. uniformity? Well, and I understand that too. And, it, and this comes down to development because I, I hate, you know, we say it, oh, it's got to be training. It's got to be training. But then what does that actually mean? Like, of course, everyone says more training. Um, I, and, and there's a lot of misconceptions out there about it too. One about how to develop a person, an interpersonal skill set to do that. Because what happens yep. is everyone goes, oh, you need to some empathy type training where you learn to say things or you learn about this culture. It's like, hey, that's great for education or something, but that doesn't right. help you come up with those decisions on the ground or process that scene. So, and I think that's what it comes down to is because that's what it was, is one guy process it one way, another guy process it another way, and they were both right. I mean, that, yep. that's, that's insane. Yeah, and, so, but can you imagine if the PIO and the chief of police would have come out and said that, hey, listen, uh, they would have been one out of town. Officers. Can, they, can they do that, though? Because what, what, would, what would the media, how it would, I mean, what if they came out and said that? People would, that's not, people don't want that answer. Exactly. And, and so, so Brian, you're right on. So, so you start your press conference by saying, uh, listen, you're not going to like this answer. Okay. Be transparent with people. Explain to them that this was a rapidly unfolding situation with a lot of unknowns. And we had three officers at the scene trying a panacea of decisions and none of those decisions seemed to work. At which time Mr. Williams raised a gun and stop the negotiations. Do you see what I'm trying to say? At least that, I didn't want Mr. Williams to die. He probably had a lot to give over the, the rest of his life. But we can't take this one incident and vilify the police or the agency. And I think it made it look bad by firing the new guy. But now, why did they really fire the new guy? They, they, they said, hey, when given this option, he didn't yeah. make a choice. I thought he made a choice. I think that well, the culture... Uh, made it feel like he well, didn't and that's to go back to go back it. to what you what you brought up your 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 dad's quote here at the beginning of this, yep. this podcast, and that's actually what one of them said. You know, yep. they literally he literally said, "Well, you know, it's better to make a decision than no decision." And I was like, "Well, he hang on, Mater did make a decision. He did. He did. Right. But so, you didn't value his decision. Yes. You didn't stick behind him. I would have taken cover." and had a higher powered weapon trained on Mr. Williams. And I would have talked to him out of the corner of my mouth and said, Hey, Mater, what do you see? What are you seeing? What do you need us to yeah. do? Brian, it, that would it, have taken nanoseconds and it never occurred. Yeah. And, 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 and I think this goes to, uh, you know, and then this gets into the kind of culture of that department or that agency or how it is. They said, well, you didn't, you didn't, you know, back us, you said this. And it's like, look, like we, you have to be able to say, this is what I saw. This is why I made the decision. I actually was went out here and I, well, got to see a great, great training incident because the officer involved in that training, incident, he, he made a really poor judgment decision, but it was during training. So it was perfect. Thank and, God. They, and they went and it was a use of force thing. And cause his partner fired and then he started shooting. I'm sitting there watching this. I'm like, there's no reason for him to be firing. And they, they came up and they talked through and debriefed and said, well, why were you shooting? He's like, well, well, my partner started shooting and they sat there and went, nope, that is at, like, you do not, that is not something we teach. That is not something you do. Like, you don't just start firing your weapon because he did, Like you have to feel the threat. You have to exactly. be articulated. You have to do this. And he was like, like, yeah, like the situation just became so overwhelmed for him. So it took, it took more training, but, but 
that skinning the knees right there because it was a good incident. It was a, I mean, it was a good training incident. It was really good. Um, you know, that gave, gives him the file folders going forward. But also, what did that do? That was the training guys in his department that then said, no, you have to have, you have to do the right thing. Like you not just, not just here's how you react to a situation, but, but no, you have to articulate something and saying I shot because my fire, that's, you're going to get fired if you do that. Right. That is not so how they, we operate They turned that so incident into yeah. a teachable moment. And that's wonderful. You know, they, here's the thing too, though. You, you said it a little bit earlier because we're in the game and we do this a lot. Yeah. So it's, it's really hard to, to say training changes behaviors and not want to say, let me give you an example. Okay. Yeah. So you just did. Yeah. You just gave a, a cogent example of how training changes behavior. And let me tell you this. If, if you're in the training division for all the de-escalation, when you think de-escalation, if you're thinking of less than lethal weapons, you need another course. You need another course about how to talk situations through. You need another course about how uh, uh, your mentor cops that aren't FTOs talk to the younger people, the, the men and women in blue and black that are coming up through the, the chain of command and explain to them why they made the decisions that they did. Because if you would have had a open, uh, 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 transparent culture like that, Brian, an incident like this is much less likely. Because now you say, how should I pattern my behavior? And if the training division uh, did what they're doing, training divisions must predict likely situations. A person I contact runs for me. A person I contact talks to me. A person I contact throws a punch at me. A person has a knife or a gun. Okay. Yeah. Now we do that to vehicles. So whatever that is. But, but in this situation, listen, you have a dichotomous situation. The guy on the porch is the victim who needs your help. The guy on the porch is also the guy with a gun. Do you get what I'm trying to say? That's screaming, kill me. This is not normal, folks. This is not what psychiatrists have to deal with. This is not what an emergency room doctor has to deal with. So the training that your cops get before you pay them to go out on the road is what you get when you call 911. So they'll then don't go back and try to rewrite history and say, well, he should have done this. If they're not doing that in your agency, you got to get better training. You got to hold them to a higher standard. These folks did nothing wrong. Every cop on that scene did everything right. It just took a horrible turn. Well, and that's like, that's why I brought that up. That's a crazy part to me. It's like this guy died. One person said he wasn't a threat. Another one did. And everyone was right in the situation. Well, the, well, and, well, and the, victim, the victim was, he the was victim the, is the yeah. one that dies. Yeah. And it was like, okay, well that, that's so confusing, but I think that's good in terms of how it highlights things. Now we could go down the rabbit hole of how the department handled it. Um, you know, a lot of these situations get they, they're, they get very personal to those people involved. And right. so therefore that those, you know, emotions kind of get in the way of they handle of how they handle things. Um, and I think they, they probably didn't do it the best, but, but I just think, uh, you know, going into understanding how to articulate a situation is incredibly important, not just for no, you're exactly for right. like this. And I think that's what it comes down to when we talk about training, it's look, um, you have the skills already. You have life skills, you have personal skills. Some of them you may need to develop, but this is how you can articulate things that you've seen. And once you get better at that, then I don't care what the situation is, you're going to be able to articulate. You're going to repeat your report. successes, yeah. And, and you'll get better at it. So you'll create that time and distance through a faster processing of the environment. And I think that's what these little indicators that made it Mater was able to pick up on having a couple extra seconds because he was there for a few minutes, maybe. So are but, you telling but, me? Yeah, but but I, I, these guys showing up. Yeah, it's time it, that that time and distance. So the gift of time and distance means that you're likely to make a better decision because you have more information. Always. So, 
So I completely violently agree with that. And I love to use the term violent. But I want to say that what you said about articulation goes back to our public information officer who needs this training as much as the HR person, as much as the chief of, of police and the superintendent. Can you imagine the difference if they would have come out to the community in Virginia and said, hey, folks, we just had an officer-involved shooting last night. A man is dead. And uh, it seems like uh, there was some choices to be made at the scene. We're going to be on at 11 o'clock tonight to, to give you more information. Okay, first of all, now we got that. Now, chief of police right now is going, no, you don't comment on a case that's in yeah, progress. So you do today because yeah, you if do. you don't, they're going to burn down your town. Well, and that, then the other thing is don't lie because if you lie, your lie is going to be found out. Don't yeah. try to hide the truth. Get it right out there in the open. Hey, these are the facts in the case as we know it and we're investigating. And I also tell you one of the things, Brian, that we would do is if we had a caper like this that we thought could go sideways, what we do is get a task force on it. So you get other agencies, okay, and those agencies investigate what our officers did, and then they say, yeah, we found that everything was right. Do you, do you understand? By by investigating yourself, even though yeah. it's legal, and, and many agencies yes. do that, it almost seems like you have your thumb on the scale to some people that aren't in the know about law enforcement. Well, yeah, and, and that's getting out ahead of it. I mean, like you said, you do have to comment on ongoing case. You do have to release stuff. You, you do, have now to. You have to Nowadays. do it cor correctly. I mean, you don't have to give away details that would you know, jeopardize or, or yeah. prejudice the case. You're yeah, exactly you, right. You can't do that. But you but I think, you know, being able to explain it, but I don't think a lot of people are good at it, um, not due to lack of knowledge or understanding or experience. I, I think most of these guys have the experience or the knowledge. It's just they don't know how to say it. Right. How do I no, teach no, you that? And how do I, because you talk about the, that, that FTO program, it's like, look, I got to show you how to do this, right? So the same thing in the military, you're always training your replacement, right? So you got to bring that From next day one, baby. You got to go, look, this is why I did that. This is how this works. And I think a lot of people just aren't good at that. You know, you got those guys, like you said, that are the street gods or whatever, that's just a, the crap it, magnets. I've been in that situation before. We're just like, hey, how do you always, and some of them just like, look, man, I don't know. I just, I just saw something here and I went for it. And if you can unpack that knowledge and give it to the next guy. You could spread load it to all the rooks that are coming through, all the new guys that are coming through. Yeah. Brian, and Brian, would you agree with me, based on your experience, that you can hear a tape, a dispatch tape, that includes the traffic from a unit that's involved in a pursuit and that, like Roy G. Biv, you'll get from the yeah. all the way to the, yes, dispatch, he's pulling away from me now. It's a... Uh, uh, black, uh, Fujita, you know, 1990, whatever. Okay. So for every one of those variables that you have a difference in reaction to the video of the, uh, Albuquerque, uh, policeman running when the female comes and steals the car and takes the police, you've got all of these different ranges of emotions and, 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 uh, responses to the same situation. Yet when society wants it, they want it in the news, and they want it clear-cut. They want right and wrong, good and evil. They want it all handed to them uh, very simply. But listen, it's not like that, folks. And you have to take an incident like this, and you have to say none of this would have occurred if Mr. Williams didn't precipitate it by him, you know, acting out. And, and he was a broken human that needed help. Yeah. And maybe way before those coppers came, something could have been done. Do you see where I'm going? So, so the further left a bang you get, the more decisions you have because you have the gift of time and distance. Once you're at bang, man, it's a crapshoot, and you're never quite sure how it's going to come out. And then, of course, right at bang, everybody's a barracks lawyer. Everybody oh, turns of up course. to, to right. have the decision, and their decisions are always right. Listen to me, you know, because I've got all the letters after. No, and I, and I, again, and I keep going back to that, why this case is so um, 
interesting and tragic and for everyone involved. I mean, you, you got, you think about Mater lost his job, lost his career. Um, yeah, I got a lawsuit for or a settlement. And, and in the lawsuit, in the lawsuit, yeah. Brian, he had to have the agency agree that they wouldn't jeopardize his future employment as a, as a copper. How bad is that? Yeah. That just tells you that he's likely, what's $175,000 in today? Nothing. That's what I'm you saying. You know what, what I'm trying what, to say? I mean, that's not going to, it's not like that he's set for life or something. Not at all. I mean, you know. It certainly wasn't a cure. Do you yeah. know what I'm trying to say? And so, and, and probably, you know, that's probably what he just would have just made if he had still been employed over the last couple of years. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean. So I'm sure that it, that's exactly what it was. Right. It, and, right. And, and you know what I mean? Like it's been a few years and he finally got the settlement. So they probably said, oh, if he was continuing work here, throwing some overtime, hey, let's give him this much. But it's easy. It's easy for us to say this was right and this was wrong. But I would, I would admonish our listeners to, to dig deeper before you're the one that's texting out those messages that, that instant Instagram that, that, yeah. You know, well, 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 that's the thing is that, you know, he, he lost his, his job and his career, his reputation. I'm sure it's horrible what he's been through. And think about the, the, the officer that, that showed up to the scene and killed him. Exactly. And then is now going like, wait, what that guy was like, uh, we, the gun was unloaded and he were talking him down and everything was fine. Like what the yeah, hell? And he's got like, that bravado with his partner going, Hey, we did the right thing. And now they're looking at this, but he's thinking about it every night. You know what he is. Every night. And, and, and now you've got this Mr. Williams, who's obviously clearly has mental health issues that needed help that didn't get it. So his family, yep. he's now without or now without him. So, so no one wins in this situation. Everybody lost yet. Everybody was right. It's the insane. victim that <laughs> the victim is also yeah. the reason for the shooting. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And here you have There's... society who is going to pay the bill, by the way, yeah. that $175,000 yep. is coming out of our pocket. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question, Brian, how much training in, in interpersonal de-escalation could, could for $175,000. Do you know what, what a department like that could get out of $175,000? Hey, and I still got people telling me, well, we, you know, we call it the wait and see. Well, we, might not need that training right now. Well, that one that, way or the other. Well, that that's that's the thing is that we you know you remind everyone that you know you're going to pay either way. Um, look at Chicago. Look at look at how much they spend every year. You know, forty, fifty. You know, last year was a hundred and something million dollars in in lawsuits, settlements, just from uh, uh, police um, issues. So that that yep. there's a lot. And that they're trying, Brian. They're trying because you just saw that they just graduated a class of their uh, sergeants that have to go through intensive training to, on decision making. So they're trying, but but listen, folks, you have look. Uh, uh, every copper has to shoot four times a year for record in different weather and everything else, but they only have to take driving one time in their career unless they got to go back to charm school for hitting a fire plug. Okay, you drive more than you're ever going to shoot. Now, if we protract that logic, you talk to people, you deal with humans and sometimes broken humans or damaged humans more than you're ever going to shoot. That's where the training dollar needs to go, Brian. That's my estimation. You know what it is. And, and what I meant, the, the police departments are trying it just, you know, you get a city that goes, well, we're not going to give you understand. any more, we're not going to give you any more money, but we're going to pay out a hundred million dollars in lawsuits. Like but you, you understand, maybe, maybe a listener doesn't understand. Yeah. You understand that there's a standard payout. If a person comes to the front desk and says, you're copper, spit on them, kick them, did something else. They'll go six grand if you go away. And they'll give them whatever that money is. They base that on how much it would take a lawyer, the police union, this, that, and the other in the time. And there's a standard payout. And, and you know what? That's so wrong. But they do it because there's so many frivolous lawsuits out there. And here, I tell you what I would do with this caper, Brian. 
I would sit my folks down at on-duty roll call, and I would turn this into a tabletop. And I would recreate the incident with the distances and all the different stuff that came in so we'd have that emotional uh, register as well, right? And I would say, what would you do? And I would leave some of them. I would have some different people say stuff. Yeah, I'd have a beginning and a middle and end. It's not just a, a group hug therapy, yeah? No. But by the same token, wouldn't this be a perfect case to choose? I think, I think that's a perfect way to, to look at it. The, the, the takeaways from all these cases are, okay, let's recreate it and let's go through it. And let's, exactly. let's what would we it. have done differently? Well, and that's how, where could we, where could too. we have, where could we have stepped in? Where could have this exactly. gone? Oh, maybe. Cause then you, that's when you identify, Oh, you know what? Hey, the communication between, uh, Mater and the other officers was non-existent. He so needed, they needed to have some prior to him. To, yes. So exactly. versus exactly. dispatch calling down to him where he shouldn't have done that anymore. He should have been direct with the guys that were backing him up because what the hell is dispatch going to do for him at that point? You got you know? it. So somebody so, should have been handling dispatch. So it shouldn't have been the officer with his hand on the trigger. Right, right. So, so there, that's yep. where you identify those uh, different, just, uh, different policies and procedures that you can fix right there on the ground. That's always like, you know, people love going to, you know, in military, law enforcement, whatever, like, or just civilian stuff. People love going to cool, fun schools, right, where you get to do stuff. And it's great. Laser, and it's fun. torch blasting, yeah. car ramming, sure. Sure. Like, I, will, vomiting. I will tell you, like shooting out of a moving helicopter is the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. And it's so much yeah. fun. Um, now, did I, did I get, did I get the actual? How was that report <laughs> running? Yeah. You didn't get the so, same. So are you you're, telling me you didn't get the same, you know, but, job? but, but I will, I'll always tell people what you do as a unit, as a team together, that training, that's what matters when you guys are together, right? And whatever that team is, that unit, and you're sitting yes. there chalk talking a table through it, and you're going running your rehearsals, that is far better than the sexiest, most expensive, coolest school in the world, because that's where you learn. That's where you apply it. That's where you yep. get better. It's all, right, so well, all these videos that are out there. Yeah, it's re all, yeah. <laughs> all the videos that I see are out there. <laughs> are started bang. booting, our <laughs> ramming. How fast can you shoot? How many more? Listen, that's at bang or right a bang. And yes, that's a necessary component. But Brian, I am telling you that training the brain is going to save your agency money, whether you're first responder, law enforcement, security personnel, HR, and you've got to fire somebody. Listen, when you look at the reports, what are you seeing? What do you see when you see the news? We see somebody that should have been able to determine that this person was coming into the school with a gun and they failed. We're human, so we're not very good at detecting this danger anymore. So if you don't have somebody that, that you know, uh, uh, sands that off, that blows some of the dust off of that skill and gets you back in the game, you need it. And, and coppers need it. And, and here's a prime situation where the maybe, maybe the incident was exactly as you said, where the lateral communication failed. Now, Brian, you've dealt with all these specialized units and all these top-tier units yeah. your entire life. You and I have trained the same units. What's the very first thing that they do when they do their, their hot wash, their after action? They go around, they go, this is what I did wrong. That's what I did this wrong. Is where I, am yeah. I lying? No, that's how I started every debrief. All right, here's where I screwed up. You okay. go. Where'd you, so what'd you do wrong? How and then can say, that not be yeah. what's going on, Brian? Uh, yeah, the, well, that, that would be a, t <laughs> be a topic for a whole other podcast on people's I, attitudes and I'm egos. Hip. But, but I, I think that that's a good point is all this stuff is very low-calorie stuff that people have. Most places have going to cost you a lot of money. No, and they have the resident knowledge already. You just got to pull yeah. it out of your people. Right. You just have to sit there. You don't, there's no, that's what we always, anytime we go in somewhere like, look, I'm not going to tell you how to do your job. Here's what I'm going to teach you how to do. And then you need to take that and apply it. I can't tell you what's best for your unit or your team or your organization. Nope. If you don't know what that is, you can't have someone else come in and say, here's what it is. You have to be able, I'll teach you how to identify them, 
I'll show you, you know, how to articulate things, but then these answers have to come. We can sit here together and come up with it. And I th think that's, that's important thing to remember too. But, yeah. but, I mean, that's Brian, it's simple, simple math. And you know, from two idiots that have no concept of the Pythagorean theorem or no. Erasmus. I knew or a math, guy named Pythagorean though. It's, exactly. <laughs> two plus two is nine. Uh, but, but the idea is that, you know, at one agency I came in and they needed help with training. So I said, okay, uh, we're going to switch to fourth tens until the training is up there. And I had to go to the city council and they said, yeah, well, four tens means you got three days of the week that aren't covered. Where's that extra time come from for the second 40 hour week? Because that would only be 30. And then you can count this. And I look and I said, well, that day they're going to spend that additional four to eight hours, depending on how the, the shifts break, uh, they're going to spend it here at the PD training. So they're not going to get free money. They're going to be doing the training. Oh, we can't ask them to do that. The union's going to jump in. And, you know, it's just like your copper's going to die from heart disease. Do you have a gym at your PD? And yeah, then you're going exactly. to say, oh, well, the, having the, 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 you know, the, the tire and everything else is going to cost more in legal. Listen, no. you're going to pay one way or the other. Yeah. Sit down for a minute. Am I going to invest in my personnel or am I going to write a new policy? You decide. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good spot to kind of end it on. I know we could, could continue on, but uh, I just want to keep Brian. it to the, to the Mater case just to understand the complexity of it and how hard it is to come up with a policy then after that. Because everyone wants to, like, no one wants to deal with that. No one, there's no one involved in this whole situation that wanted this to occur. Before, that after, so during, true. no one, no one. Because this Including is horrible. If you're the chief of police, man, like, I don't want to be in his shoes because now you got to deal with this and you go, well, well what did this guy do? I got to fire someone. I got to, re I'm responsible. I need to uh, placate this person. I need to make sure I'm giving this to the news and right. I got to follow up. What do I up. do to the community? What like, do I do to it, the community it, group? It, these are horrible, horrible things to have to deal with. What do I do to the family? So, so yeah, I mean, every, no one, no one wins, you know, and, and it's, it's, uh, I just think it's a good way to highlight what they are and, and how to kind of develop something from there and how to mitigate these from happening in the future and how to make better decisions and people totally you know, agree how to make better decisions under stress well don't get stressed don't get stressed the first part if you you may be a contributing factor to the fact yep. that you're so overwhelmed that you can't process the scene what you're doing or so, what you're failing to do yeah. may be the proximate cause of that stress all right well i think that's a good spot to end on so thanks everyone for tuning in and again uh for Thank sending you. us in that, that uh that mater case so if, uh, if you guys listen out there and want any other ones us to do specifically we certainly will. So don't forget, training changes behavior. That's all for today, folks. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook at HBPRA. Check out our website at ArcadiaCognorati.com. Please, if you enjoyed the show, like it, share it, tell your friends about it. Let's get the word out there. And if there's something you want us to cover directly or curious about, go ahead and get a hold of us by email at leftofgreg at gmail.com. Thanks.